0: Oh, thank God it's Tuesday! Loving some Tuesday night in the Champagne Room of Basement Podcast Studios in Kensington, Maryland. I'm Ken Marangolo. He is Tim Strecken.
1: Oh, you switched it up. I thought you were going to go Kevin like you always do. Hey. But I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: You got to change it up. And he, that you're referring to, is Kevin Ricca. He did notice it was a little dusty
2: down here. It's getting a bit,
0: tad bit emotional. It, was. it is. It's getting, we're, we got to pull ourselves together. I'm afraid do it. Ken at some point is going to pull out a Roy Firestone on us. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I might. I, I always save it. it. It sometimes can happen in the champagne never room. never make me cry. I don't know what studios. that's code
2: word for, but I'm not certain if I'm excited or scared to death.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I am excited about. That This is our Redskin show, Off Season on the Brink. We are in June officially, as it turns out. And officially, there is very little going on. But that's definitely not a reason not to gather on Tuesday nights in a basement podcast studio. But we're just going to quit. We're just going to stop talking about the greatest team.
2: This is where we make our LA. bones.
1: This is my new Saturday night. What else am I going to do?
0: Uh, and we're joined uh, by a friend of the show, friend of Hogs Haven friend of uh, every redskins fan you know him as brent from the burgundy blog brent how are you my friend
3: i'm terrific fellas this is the thrill of a lifetime
1: <laughs> <laughs> shoot, higher, shoot higher
0: son of a gun yes who hurt you uh,
1: <laughs> welcome
0: welcome to welcome to the audible um, uh, for, for your voice welcome to hogs haven um, obviously everyone at hogs haven knows uh, knows about the burgundy blog um people say hey why why would you have a guy from a competing blog uh on a Hog's saving show and i'll tell you why because first of all i totally appreciate the hustle i totally respect the grind um i love your voice like you know what you, you know your you, your take on stuff is um and, and and at the end of the day uh we're better by working together and that and that's why i just really want to thank you for coming on and, and i hope this is the first of many times we work together
3: Hundred percent agree. I think blog life is not about competition; it's about
0: love, community, and uh, yeah, I'm thrilled. Don't you do it, Roy? I uh,
2: know. Yeah, yeah. Don't you do it, Roy Firestone? Hey, look. All kidding aside, Brent's a pro. Following him on Twitter, yeah. Uh, it's the information you're looking for. It's, it's not. It's no fluff. It's no BS. It's just his personality. I think you handle it like a pro. I thoroughly enjoy it, and I've used a ton of that information yeah. in my daily conversation. Nice. And I'm pumped to have you on here, Sweet. man.
0: It is great, a, great. a conversation. It's a daily conversation that we all have about the Redskins, and the conversation is danced around all over the place, all over the map. Um, we are through the draft. We are through free agency. We are through the, our first OTAs, um, and we're at a point where we are through some some deboculous occurrences. And Brett and I have been talking about uh, this, a certain just making up words by the patent pending by the way, you're a lawyer you I, I want that that patented Deboculous. Okay. uh there's nothing more debaculous than the um than 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 the McLovin situation and uh and brent you you're you're you you are you can not get enough of it either uh which i which is another reason why we get along so well um where are you at today? let's kind of work backwards you know kind of where are you at yeah. in this whole thing
3: well, I'll tell you, Ken. I think it's been somebody. checked me. What three months? I mean, how how uh, how long has it been since uh, you know they've divorced?
2: Senior Bowl and was
3: that
0: January? Maybe I'm a little long.
3: Yeah, March. Uh,
0: yeah, you
2: know, I. I it's, it's been
1: about. It's been about. I three months.
0: Yeah, I think that's yeah, about right.
3: right. Yeah. I uh, I think that I, I had this sort of uh, sense that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, to me, as, as the whole sequence of, of uh, McLuhan uh, exiting the Redskins was unfolding, it felt like people kind of, um, I mean, not to say that there wasn't plenty of media coverage. I mean, it was, I mean, that's the only thing we were hearing and talking about for, you know, a week or so. But uh, I, I felt like a lot of fans were sort of, like, coming to terms with that or, or trying to or telling themselves that they were, like, really quickly. It's it sort of like... Sort of like unfolded in slow motion over over the course of a, of a weekend, and then and then I think people just almost tried to like I don't know my sense was that people were trying to move on, but I, I can tell you I am not over it at all. I am stuck in the mire, and uh, I think that uh, you know it just it was um, his his two year tenure was was uh, just an incredibly important period in Redskins history, uh, and when. Um, you know, I, some some of my like Twitter followers will remember that uh, two and a half years ago, after uh, after after Gruden's first year, I mean, it was a disaster of a season. They went through the, the quarterback carousel, and um, uh, you know that was that was right right before they ultimately hired him. I, I I basically like was was about to to quit. In fact, I said on Twitter I was gonna like boycott until the Redskins found an actual. Legitimate football guy type executive or GM, and then that like that McLuhan article by Seth Wickersham came out. Uh, you know, the one that got everybody sort of put him on everybody's radar, and probably the one that got Dan Snyder to hire him.
0: Yeah, and, the, um, the like the, I'm going to visit a, a guy who lives in the woods article.
3: And exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah the big profile. I just don't and, need the hard then, stuff you know, anymore.
0: I'm, I'm
2: good with the Bud Lights. Yes. Yeah, good with beer.
3: Right on. Yeah. <laughs> so I certainly wasn't the only one to think at that time. Like, boy, this is exactly what we need, but. But I was like, this is exactly what we need. And then they hired him. Wasn't that miraculous? Man.
2: Yes, it, it really was. How did we pull that off after he got all that publicity, all that hype, and then he's ours?
0: It was well, surreal. I, just, I, I couldn't believe it. What, what we knew, Brent, um, there was a reason why he was available to us uh, at the end of yeah. the day. And, and I'm a McLovin guy, and uh, nothing pleased me more than when uh, Jessica referred to her husband as McLovin on Twitter. Wow. Um, that's a huge <laughs> win for the Audible. Huge win for the Audible. I thought
3: of you. I knew that you would react that way. That's awesome.
0: Uh, I mean, anytime <laughs> your someone's wife starts calling you a nickname that some idiot in a basement came up with, uh, it's special. And made a T-shirt. And made a
2: T-shirt. <laughs> oh, she yes. didn't make a T-shirt. Ken made
0: a T-shirt. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's be clear. Uh, and Brent... Uh, I hope you can fit into a large, uh, because uh, I have an, I have one with your name <laughs> on it uh, for being oh, on yeah. the show tonight. It's uh, it's it's the McLovin shirt uh, that that I that I love uh, from the super super bad uh, fake ID T-shirt. I um, can't
3: wait. That'll be my podcasting uniform. Oh, thank
0: goodness. <laughs> um, so he had a, he had some hair well, on. I, I
3: was you know I was I was rambling, but I just you know when you know from the moment he got here it was it was magic and. Um, And it was a short time, but so many things changed, and like there was just this very palpable change in the whole attitude, you know, around the team and seemingly within the team. And then, uh, you know, poof, he was gone. And there, there's, there's, you know, confusion, and we we know some details, but not enough. Um, But I um, just—it's not that I have like a really strong anti-Redskins or anti-McLuhan stance in this matter. I mean, I don't necessarily know any more about what happened here than, than any other fan, but just the fact that he's gone is momentous and I'm still processing. And I think that, you know, yes, they had what looks to be a successful free agency and, um, and it looks like they aced the draft, but, um, I, I think we're going to be feeling the effects of his having been here and the effects of him leaving abruptly for years. And so I just, uh, I don't know. I can't get enough of thinking about him and what he did and what the, you know, what, what Mark he left, um, and I think it's I think it's you know multi-fold the 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 impact that he had.
0: Well, Josh Jackson, Sewer Cravens, and Kendall Fuller uh, certainly are going to have the opportunity to contribute in a material way right away this season, and and if they do, that's that's his signature uh, on the whole thing.
3: Right. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know the whole football player culture thing. I mean, I think that's that's hopefully here to stay. Um, I, I guess um, I. If, if there's one if there's one thing that sort of irks me and part of the unfinished business, it, it's not so much. First of all, I, you know, I was delighted when they hired him, so I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna bash Bruce Allen, who I, I generally detest, um, for that particular move. Um, and then I can probably get over the fact that that it didn't work out and he got fired. But I really, really still am stuck on the fact that um, the Redskins made him out to be something. Or made his role out to be something that it totally wasn't. You know, he was hired and, and he was he was given a traditional GM title, and we we were told that he was going to have full full control of the fifty three, and that you know this was his show. And that's just not what happened. Not that he was a puppet, but you know, Bruce never really every, everything, even from day one, was you know continued to be a Redskins decision. So uh, I, I, it, that that hurt that hurt the whole team's credibility to me.
1: Time only will tell, you know, what the result really is uh, of his impact on this team. Uh, and and maybe time will only tell us uh, what exactly happened. But regardless of that, or as Ken likes to say, irregardless. Irregardless. It was a great time. It, it, it was a great feeling. There was this idea that they actually have structure now. Are you kidding? They actually have a football guy. And they, they got, you know, adults running, uh, you know, the show. And, and, and everybody had their... Deal. It was. It was like this is what we had always been waiting for, and then you're right. It just kind of came to that abrupt end, and and we'll only know probably years from now, which is why podcasts are the gift they keep on giving. Because if we That's ever right. do realize how to edit, we can always edit these parts and play them two, three, four, ten years from now.
0: The problem with the Redskins organization over the last, in Dan Snyder's uh, stewardship, um, as in his role as steward, uh, what happens? From Monday through Saturday, if if your cards aren't in, aren't on in order, uh, if your house isn't in order, it shows up on Sunday. Dysfunction shows yep. up on Sunday, and it yep. did for us four years. Our front office was in shambles, and it trickled all the way yep. down uh, onto the field on Sunday. And the um, and the, even with even when Joe Gibbs uh, came back, you still had an, a front office that that wasn't just wasn't operating um, the way that a, a, a pro front office should. And Joe, Joe Gibbs got the most he could possibly get out of the rosters he was given. Um, but it wasn't until they decided to go with McLovin when you had the Sunday part of the house, that front office, was being handled by a guy who knew the kind of man he wanted in, in every spot, he knew the 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 traits, the skill set, the the arm length, the the height, this the strength, the uh, the you know the hips, the, the 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 knees. He knew exactly what he wanted at every single spot, and he went methodically out about getting it. It wasn't all about the big names, and it wasn't all about the big money. Um, and and so here's what I'll say about the way that it kind of went down, is is this. The Redskins' history is is doing it the wrong way in, in in Dan Snyder's time. And they have to wear that, and they have to own it, and it's it's we, you can see it. You don't need to see a 30-for-30. 30 30. Uh, it's obvious. The Redskins did it the wrong way for a long time. And when it comes to McLovin, they did it the wrong way for exactly the reason you said, Brent. Um, they, they sold us a bill of goods in terms of the way their structure was lined up. He still picked players, but the way he went out they did that the wrong way and and I'm not and I don't know quote unquote know something okay I'm not here reporting any anything you know uh, leaking or late breaking but I do think that we are going to find out that there were some problems and there were some issues and that this situation wasn't tenable and that it probably mm-hmm. would have played itself out in a way that would have had the same result as we're facing right now and yet mm-hmm. and yet the Redskins did that the wrong way, from Cooley going on the air and talking about <laughs> drinking to Bruce uh, Allen's statements. Uh, and the, this They did it all wrong.
2: The, the, all the words right. have been really fancy and all these terms and these back and forth. A couple of dumbasses hired a football guy with some warts. The football guy with some warts acted like a dumbass, so those dumbasses canned him, and now we're left with the same original dumbasses.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and, and thankfully he was here long enough to to, 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 to what Brent's saying, he was here long enough to really set the ship right um, and, and I, I hope, I hope so too, Brent. And I do think, like Kevin's <laughs> yeah, the, the hiring a guy with words. Uh, un, unfortunately, I do think we're going to find out things, and I think it's it's. I think see, this is the problem with people who are terrible at PR. The Redskins have been terrible at PR for so long; they're so bad at delivering and and, and crafting their why own Snyder's message. Snyder's
1: so rich, isn't that the irony no, here? No, no, yeah. no, no, no.
0: He's he he. I agree. He's timing all day long. He had a company that was worth something until. Ten seconds after he sold it, when it was worth nothing, so he, he's smart in that regard. But with regard to PR, they've never been able to be in charge of, of, a, of a message. They've always, they've, they've. Oh God, it's just so terrible. And in this whole McLovin situation, once again, they just delivered it the wrong way. And and, and you yeah. know what? If if a situation doesn't work out with the guy, and he, and you have to let him go, so be it. But this entire fan base fell in love with the idea that somebody who knew what he was doing was picking players. And even when we didn't know that's not exactly the way it was going on in the front office, we still loved it. <laughs> we still had two winning seasons in a row. We still have a franchise yeah. quarterback currently on the roster. Uh, we still have all these things going for us. And yet, our hearts were ripped out by the, the way this went down. And and I was the same as you, Brent. I I. I React. I lashed out when it happened, and 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 I, yeah, and I'm and I'm reeling, and I and I I'm I'm just not happy uh about what could happen from here because it won't be it won't be the same it won't be the same guy doing it.
2: All the breakup yeah. songs you were listening to. It was a tough week for all of us. It was uh, thankfully you made me that mixtape though, Kev. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and just for the record, Dan Snyder made a deal with the devil. He crawfished on him, and now we're picking up the pieces. And that's that's also how I feel about that. Uh, but I had that mixtape ready from the day we did make that hire. Like Brent said, you I know, it, was, it was imminent. Look at that, me using fancy words, boys.
0: Well, let's get Brent talking about something that, that's a little bit more positive and something that we all agree with him that it's positive. But um, Zach Brown, Brent, I'll say Zach Brown and I'll let you go. Um, start us off.
3: Yeah, I mentioned Zach Brown in uh, in an email to Ken earlier today because I think he's just such an interesting player to talk about right now. To me, he's like a, of the uh, of, of the of the potentially impactful free agents that the Redskins signed. He's like the biggest wild card. I think. Uh, I think he has the, the the widest spectrum of possible outcomes for for this year. In in that. Uh, I could see him under the best of circumstances, like uh, single-handedly changing the whole tenor of the defense and being at or near the top of the league in tackles. And on the other hand, I could also see a scenario where he kind of turns into a bit player and and doesn't really um, uh, have have that impact they were hoping for. And to me, it's partly because of you know the the course of his career. I mean, he was drafted with with pretty pretty high expectations. I, I think he was a second rounder when Oh yeah um, yeah I wanted when the, him 15th pick yeah. yeah Fast as, yeah, as he you was know the what sexy pick and then but he just kind of was like really up and down and I I think more down than up um, in Tennessee even during a period where their defense was was turning it around and then uh in Buffalo he was a different guy he was a demon so um it seems like he I I don't know enough yet about him to figure out why I'm not sure if it's a mental thing or if it really is just that his traits are um, so specifically translatable only to like a, a, a specific style. I mean, he seems to, to, to think that his calling card is um, speed and range and, and covering tight ends in particular. And that's, and God knows, we, we've needed that for a long time. And so if they let him do that, um, I think he could be huge. But here was this guy who went to the Pro Bowl and then he was languishing on the free agent market forever for reasons that no one really has fully uncovered. So he's, um, I just think he's really intriguing. I like the signing. They got him at a, I guess, a, it seems like a bargain, but there's something a little off. And so I'm, I'm really not sure what to expect with him.
1: That's an interesting take. I mean, so you're playing the middle right now and just wondering what's happening, right?
3: Yeah, I, um, I guess so. I'm totally hedging. I, I, I think that I can see, I mean, I, I get why everyone is so excited about him, but I'm not um, I'm not as confident that he's going to reach that. I mean, I don't even really know, you know, he, they're just like working him in with the ones right now. I'm not at all positive that he's even going to be a season-long starter. I mean, I, I, he could be a situational-type player, like a, a more of a nickel-type guy. I don't really know.
0: Well, I, in the, but in the NFL these days, nickel is turning into more base right. anyways. Definitely. Uh, or anyway, sorry, T, I just keep getting that wrong. Um, but, but, but I think, you know, this is different. So this is a departure from decades past when we were splash first, uh, substance second. Um, you know, Zach Brown is an upgrade from what we That's had. That's what I was going to yeah. say.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, it is an upgrade. And and I see a guy who makes the Pro Bowl. Maybe maybe his career didn't start off the way it was supposed to. But uh, these some of these guys, they have the ability. They all have the ability. At some point, it clicks for some of them. At some point, it clicks, and maybe he was on the free art agent market, like you said, because of the early part of his career. Maybe we found a guy who, where it's clicked. Maybe he's coming here and not only bringing his talent, uh, which may be peaking, but I think he's growing as a professional.
2: Well, after his rookie contract mm-hmm. yep. ends, after his rookie contract ends, he, he, he doesn't get anybody to, to you know bite on the hook, and he goes to he goes to Buffalo to back up Reggie Raglan, Essentially, uh, he goes there as a backup and has a Pro Bowl year when Raglan goes down. Uh, as far as Redskin fans go, he's way less of a London Fletcher-type inside backer, you know, that, that pit bull tackler. Uh, I think uh, his one of his weaknesses is he's not that monster tackler. He is way more of a sideline-to-sideline side freak athlete speed demon who can make the tackle, but, you know, that's not his forte. His forte is his athleticism, and uh, that's exciting to me because – in this defense, we're going to find out, hopefully, if Minuski has a chance to put him in a place where he can succeed. And I believe that that's what him and Tom Sula have been talking about doing with all these guys we picked up. I don't think we're going to be a classic Redskins to put him somewhere where he's not going to shine. And his athleticism is far greater than anyone we have at that position.
0: Without a doubt. He's a player. He's going to come in uh, and play better than, uh, you know, at a higher level um, than what we've had. And I think, you know, I, I, I like that, we continue to have our debates over where Ryan Anderson fits in. I mean, let's like, Ryan Anderson and Zach Brown aren't the same player. Um, and I, I, I think Greg Minoski is, gonna, is going to succeed in finding ways to, to put both of them in scenarios where they'll be successful. Um, and our boy, I Hate Dallas, a.k.a. Chris Hess, a.k.a. George and Crocs, George Spectacular, um, he loves Zach Brown. I, you know, he's a Carolina guy, so I kind of wonder if you know he's got a little bit bit of uh, baby blue, gl- you know, shaded glasses on. Um, but I, I, you know, what do we what do we ask for? What was our number one thing? I mean, obviously defense was our number one priority, but um, you know, front seven. You know, and obviously we got the we got we, we took care of, of that in the draft. But uh, you know, Zach Brown was such a late signing. Um, it wasn't until we signed Jack, Zach Brown. Um, that we officially really addressed legitimate needs. I mean, he—the he, he, fact that that he was still around—might give you pause. But if you look at the landscape of the NFL, you know, I'm not here to tell you that there's more, you know, good players today than there than there was before. But I think that the interesting part about the NFL today is that. Um, it's so scheme specific now, uh, and and there's so many coaches who do so many different things, and uh, you know, and it, and it's a copycat league, and a lot of people are doing the same things um, at some All base level. are
1: opening up; they're getting away from the ground and pound between the tackles until they absolutely need. It. Unless Bec- you do that well, you can't do it over a 16-game period yeah. you know, consistently, uh, health-wise. So yeah, things so are opening players up. players like Zach Brown open up the nickel is becoming more of a common, more of a you base know, formation. Base formation. You're right. So
0: so Zach Brown fits in for I us perfectly, but I he doesn't you. fit fit in for everyone perfectly. Right. And so I think it's it's good for players and good for teams. And then you saw obviously obviously you saw that in the draft. You saw excellent players fall to the second or third or fourth round, not because they were fourth round talents, but because there's there's there was so many ways. You know, how many running backs were in the draft that, did, that were completely different from each other? How many wide receivers were completely different from each other? You know, how many uh, linebackers in this draft where some guys were like, well, I would really like to have him in the middle of a 3-4. Well, I would really like to have him on the outside of a 4-3. And, and, and it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and that's what I'm going to chalk up Zach Brown's late availability to, um, is that he was looking for a place where he fit in and teams were looking for a place where he fit in. And, and I think that that combination synced up at the right moment. I hope that's right.
3: I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's uh, well within the range of, of, of possibilities, and uh, I, I hope it's true.
2: I got to ask you, Brent, because uh, I think this ties into everything we've been talking about. Uh, starting off with our man, McLovin. I believe his fingerprints are all over this pickup. And the way you describe Zach Brown and your first take is the way I feel about DJ Swearinger. I wanted to know what you guys mm-hmm. all thought here. I, I saw nothing but McLovin in this pickup, and I think he was someone that he targeted well before he was gone out of the building. I think it's someone that we stuck with and got regardless of his, uh, his imminent firing. This guy, I think, is at a position of need for us that we haven't had in so long I can't possibly remember. And uh, reading about him and learning, learning more and studying him... He seems like the type of guy that McLovin just adored, just a big hitter, trash talker. But when Bruce Arian says he blows he blows everyone away on the team in terms of how much video he watches, and and his 35 year old high school coach says he's the smartest player he's ever coached. Uh, this to me seems like an absolute McLovin pickup that we jumped on instantly. What do you think about his uh, his ability on our defense?
3: Yeah, good call there. I, I'm I'm liking that addition more and more every day since since they did it. At first, I, I was. Uh, I was kind of like, I was a little bit Luke on it, um, but I'm I'm now pretty high on it um, after doing uh, some research and seeing many of the things that you just described. He seems, I, I agree, there are some parallels with Zach Brown in terms of like, um, you know, when he came into the league, uh, pretty highly touted, wasn't he also a second rounder?
2: Yes, he was. Sure. yes um, he was.
3: And so the, these are probably two guys with like a ton of, of talent who maybe took a little longer than expected to uh, really for the light bulb to go on. So hopefully, you know, you're getting him right now as as it's just gone on. I think the thing that, um, like, excites me about him most over the last week or so is I'm finding, like, multiple instances of other, well, teammate, new teammates, um, I, I, I just, like, raving about him. And it seems like he might be even, like, more, more highly revered among players, I'm guessing, you know, in the league than... Than he was to like analysts over the last year or two because well obviously Norman was his boy going back to high school yeah, and Norman teammates. did that that super um, right he gave he gave another long interview you know that was so like inflammatory recently <laughs> He's and the things he said about with him. <laughs> yeah bingo yeah so the things he said about about his enthusiasm for playing with Swearinger like that whoo that took me six to midnight and then me too the, um, me too the, players know uh, best but then. Then there was, um, you know, Zach Brown, who we were just talking about. He did, like, a little um, a video on, like, CSN, just, like, a two-minute interview. And he said something about, like, uh, you know, he, he said one of the things he's most excited about on the team, based on what he's seen in OTAs, is that he's so confident now that if he can force runs back into the middle, he's, like, super pumped about this stud safety that he's got there to blow it up. And, um, you know, so he was, like, going on about how awesome Swearinger is. It really seems like they think he's a stud.
2: And he just paid $75,000 to sue a Cravens for number 36. He's worn it since he was a freshman yeah. in high school when Sean Taylor was a, a rookie in the league, mm-hmm. when Fred Smoot was wearing 21, and he and he refuses anything else. And his film study comes from Ray Lewis and, and, and the greatest safety of all time, Ed Reed. And uh, this is my dude going into well, the, this season. This wear. is my dude. Doesn't matter, he's got 75 grand. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's all it's numbers, another, right? It's I all think, numbers. I
1: think the whole Swearinger thing, and I, and I agree with you. Players do know best. Those are the guys who who, if you get respect, the players. I don't. I really don't know what else you need. Right. One, two. I think Swearinger is another guy. You know where. He's becoming a professional. We've all, we've all become professionals in some way or another. We were terrible when we started. We learned certain things. You, you learn it from different people. You learn it from different places. You start to pick it up, and I think these guys are all hitting their prime of possibly being good professionals and making our team overall better, which on the defensive side, that's all we really need. You just need to be better. We talked about it weeks ago. If you can improve at least to, to around 20th defensively, you're in the playoffs for sure, maybe winning a game.
2: And, 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 and T, you're right. He admitted this. He said his first two years in the league with Houston draft that he was big headed. He was not humble. He was not ready. He was not ready as a man to take on these responsibilities. He goes to Tampa Bay, where he said he did everything properly. It just did not work out. Then he gets then he gets linked up for the last two years and and has a beastly year and a half in Arizona. And then and I think we get him on the on the cheap side. Uh, you know, we got him locked up for three years, I believe, but we Four didn't. Break, we, we didn't break the bank for this no. dude to come out here yeah. and, and knock heads with sewer Cravens. We got some young, athletic, we got badass of- safeties. You know, I, I know that much about them. How they're going to produce. Number thirty, I believe. I believe Sue Cravens of, is wearing number thirty. We got a there lot you go. of
1: young, yeah. hungry talent on this. There's team gonna be some now.
2: head knocking. There's gonna be some. There's gonna be some noise. There's gonna be some pads hitting here. This. Terrell all this
1: Pryor, you know, yeah. uh, Junior gallette I yep. mean, guys that are, you know, this is a prove it or lose it. Uh, lose a lot a year for these guys.
0: Let's. I tell you what. Yep. Let's transition to something we've been doing on Hogshaven, just to give a little uh, uh, shout out to Brian Stabby and some of the guys who are doing our our jersey by the numbers um, series. Uh, and so, and we'll, and in honor of that, I think we're only, we're only like three or four in at 96, 97. Um, sewer Cravens is going to wear number 30. Who is your favorite number 30 of all time as a Redskin? Uh, Brent, I'll, I'll start with you. And that's, no, T's got his hand raised. No, no,
1: no, Brent, Brent's the guest. Okay. Yeah.
0: Brent Mitchell, right? Yes. B Mitch. Yeah. Are you kidding? B Mitch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: it's going to take me that's, a minute to think about it without picking up my phone and looking.
0: Yeah, so that's the easy thats the easy and obvious one. I have the most, one of the most recent, I think, uh, Leron. Larry. Yeah, Leron was. Oh, was, uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, 30-30. Yeah. Uh, God, have you seen a picture of him? I think Kyshawn Jarrett wore 30. Um, I don't know. Uh, Bruton, I think, he wore 30. These are just recent guys <laughs> who's, who's worn 30. Uh, EJ Biggers definitely wore all right, 30. All right, all right, all right, all right.
2: That's, that's, that's E.G. Biggers also wore 20. He also, I think, wore 20. Yeah, something he wore a lot of 20. He had a, a, had a, of he had a plethora once. of
0: 20.30. Um, but I, I don't know. But, I, but the reason why I, I, I thought of it is because one of the worst Redskins ever, who was a free agent signing, so indicative of the era, but just like so unexpectedly terrible um, for a team that looking back uh, makes me sad. Uh, trunk candidate was number 30. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I just, I, we can't not talk about dirty without talking about trunk candidate. And I think it's
1: its something that helps us recognize. I could have, because there's, there's no, no way I would have remembered that trunk candidate was almost uh, not even
3: here. You, I, I,
1: we got <laughs> like rid right of Stephen Davis. Every
3: one of us in this room believed in trunk candidate I did. for a couple
2: of weeks. Oh,
0: Speed. God. I thought he was going to be the best. I was like, oh, he had that one awesome game for the Rams with Kurt, Kurt Warner. We ran rough shot, and and because it matters, he wrecked shop in Madden. Just say that.
2: Just, just. Stop <laughs> This Ugh. is ridiculous. We had been better off with a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> this is outrageous. You're talking about E.J. Biggers, <laughs> now trunk candidate. Oh, yeah. I mean, E.J. Biggers wore, had more 20s than Rayful Edmund, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, we could do this all day.
0: This is what we do. This is what we do as Redskins fans. I want
2: to throw some I shout. I like how you keep it local. I like how you keep it local. I'm trying my best, but no, I, I like how Ken remembers these guys like to the core, but then – the way he looks at us when he says their names, we're not supposed to have expressions of disgust. Like,
0: We're all supposed to go,
2: yeah. <laughs> I know, like, hey. oh right, trunk candidate. Yeah, that
0: was a great jersey purchase. Sorry, guys, that's been our that's that's our recent history. Um, hey, dude, what about the freaking Browns? I mean, you can. I mean, there's teams in the league that go back way wor- way longer than us, with way worse history. Um, but we have to embrace our trunk candidate. Uh, players, uh, you know, over over the did last. Ten Latter Latter 30? Did Archer Landow wear thirty? Did Archer wear thirty? I thought did he was. Thir- I thought he was thirty-one. 40. Was he forty? Uh, God, uh, I almost threw up on myself. No, but was
2: Keith Byers?
0: No, I don't think he was forty. Uh, or thirty?
2: I don't. I don't think he wore thirty. Right, for us. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I just would've, that just would That would have been the cherry on top. I
0: want to say uh, Nehemiah Broughton wore some number thirty for the Washington okay. Redskins. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, is Citadel, right? What did
2: Renato Nehemiah wear then?
0: <laughs> Nehemiah. <laughs> Jebediah Springfield. Um, yeah, no idea. Listen, Brent, we, we want to really, really uh, appreciate you for your time. Um want everyone to make sure, if they're not already paying attention to the Burgundy blog, see what Brent's up to over, over at the Burgundy blog. Um, you got anything uh, coming up you want to you promote or plug, my friend? Uh...
3: No, I mean, I'm, I'm laying pretty low for the for the next month or so, <laughs> trying to hit the beach with the fam. You know,
2: what uh, beach you heading to? Yeah, Lynchburg. You go to Virginia Beach.
0: We're going to do mostly Virginia Beach and Sandbridge. Very cool. What are you Netflixing and chilling to these days? Well, uh,
3: I'm I'm pretty deep into the dad life, so I was three or four years behind on uh, Breaking
0: Bad. Okay. But, uh, okay. I just, I finished that up a few weeks ago, and damn if that wasn't the best show I'll ever see. Good for you, man. That's it is. It's an amazing ride, and it's. Um, I I think it's. I binged. I, I that was one of the ones I got to binge watch. So I, uh, I'm right there with you. It was, it was an awesome ride. Um, I milked
3: it. It was an awesome experience. Yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it more highly to anybody. So now I'm about a season into uh,
0: Better Call Saul, which is definitely not the same, but uh, but but it's worth it. We're bringing you back. Um, we we, 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 ha- we did a one Game of Thrones show, um, and we're saving it, and we're coming back to Game of Thrones because because why wouldn't you? Um, and let me just assume you're a Game of Thrones guy. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yes. Oh, my dear yes. Lord.
1: I knew I liked you, Brent.
0: That's nothing to <laughs> cheer about. No, no it's got just, yes. I got a guy
2: on my side. I yes, got a he guy.
0: has a condition. His condition is called... <laughs> He hasn't seen Game of Thrones and there's He's a busy nerd. man There's, there's only nerd. one prescription for he, that He condition. just said he
2: binge watched Breaking Bad He didn't yes. say he took it in as it came He, he took I'm care of it I'm just glad He will take care of this I business as well
0: Yeah you will Brent I'll tell you what It's the it, As good as Breaking Bad was and as awesome as a ride as it was Game of Thrones is better I Actually, promise Actually Brent you. Something, No something, Oh yes it is
1: Brent something tells me you have a much better sound TV experience at your house than me so I'm going to come over and you're, we'll, we'll binge watch it together <laughs>
3: Okay, all
2: right, all right, deal. Uh So, I we'll did you just invite yourself to Netflix I and did. show seriously, with Brent? Pretty sure. <laughs> Brent I think clip. I just witnessed you a better entertainment trying Netflix and I show have. with Brent. You know, we'd like to have him come back. <laughs> yeah, seriously, dude. You still want to come yeah, back on the show Brent? every now and then, right, Brent? Come on, man. Hundred we percent. We're all in the tree. here. We we're all close <laughs> in the nest. No, as soon as you turn on Game of Thrones, I turn on you.
0: <laughs> oh, that is that's that's a oh, fact. Man, you got to fight fire with fire, right? You got to fight fire with fire. Uh, speaking of fighting fire with fire, I want to give a shout-out to – let's see. What's his um, handle? I want to get it right. It's uh, uh, Steve Railroader and and Mark Bullock. Uh, so we spent some time on the six-pack this week throwing some mad love to – there's a ton of Redskins fans in the U.K. and in England, and uh, and we get a ton of them on Hogshaven. So I want to, I want to say, th- throw a shout-out and a hat tip their way, um, as I yeah, said.
1: Yeah. Thoughts and prayers.
0: Hey. We're all in this together. Um, love you guys. And on behalf of the Audible, on behalf of Hogshaven, Haven, behalf of Off Season on the Brink, he is Tim Strachan.
2: Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. He's Kevin Ricco. Excellent name recognition. I would love to thank Brent for being here today. That was fantastic. I appreciate your time, brother.
3: Life-changing. Thanks, Jen. He is,
2: he is Brent <laughs>
0: from... The Burgundy blog, his life has changed, Um, and I'm Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible.